0: Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Teriuktena, and today we'll be taking a look at how we physically manifest relationship with our Akasha, or Chi, through our left arm and hand. How Akasha, Prana, Chi, manifests through us into the world, therefore how we operate as physical spiritual beings, is markedly different on our left side versus our right. Our right side is concerned with what we put out into the world, such as work product, careers, education, the logistics of living, and so on. If we're doing it out there, we're leaning to the right, Our left side is what we bring into our lives, the things which we accept, allow to support us, and claim as part of our identity. Our left arm has an energy center, or sephira, called hesed, which is the embodiment of love. Not love between intimate partners, but the deep love of true connection, one being to another. Here, the angelic love of the heart chakra combines with embodied life, creating deep and abiding love such as a parent for a child, friendship which transcends time and geography, and love between partners which survives passion and lasts for decades. Hesed is the love which expresses through contentment and true happiness. It's the place where unconditional love reigns supreme and all is bountiful. It's the place where peace is truly an option and not just a wish. Hesed is symbolized as the benevolent ruler presiding over a kingdom of milk and honey. In all things the kingdom flourishes, with bountiful plenty where there is happiness and contentment, sharing and abundance. This is not to say there aren't grievances or that nothing changes. Hasid is fully embedded in the chaotic nature of things and yet partaking joyfully. It's the place where people have no bigotry but are able to live inclusively, reveling in uniqueness and difference without fear or feeling diminished. It's the place where, having experienced exclusion and abuse, loneliness and lack, people come to experience being valued, having plenty being assimilated into community without losing self, and being able to unfold and grow. Hesed rules a kingdom very much of the physical world, which includes change, miscommunication, anger, and harm, so is imaged as a ruler sitting on their throne holding audience with their subjects, to provide all which is needful for the good of the realm with love, mercy, and kindness. This energy center is full of receptive intelligence, empathizing with the needs of the people and understanding fully without resorting to instinct or reactiveness. To rule benevolently is not to be passive, but to act with knowledge, forethought, and wisdom. In fact, Hesed delights in being able to care wisely for its people and provide in abundance. This outpouring of generosity and love creates for a peaceful and bountiful kingdom. I'm reminded of this type of loving kindness each time I hear or read this quote from Pride and Prejudice. Mr. Bennett speaks to his daughter Jane on the advent of her engagement. You're a good girl, he replied, and I have great pleasure in thinking you will be so happily settled. I have no doubt of your doing very well together. Your tempers are by no means unlike. You are each of you so complying that nothing will ever be resolved on, so easy that every servant will cheat you, and so generous that you will always exceed your income. This energy center, or sephora is where we remember there is no lack in the world if we live in balance and harmony with it and ourselves. Just because someone has something doesn't mean we can't also have it in equal measure. Just because someone does something doesn't mean we can't as well, or we are lessened by their existence. One of the lessons of Hesed is to recognize power within, rather than power over others. And this power within, we call empowerment, gives power to ourselves and all around us, imparting within us the characteristic of a benevolent ruler of our own domain. In understanding there is no lack in the world, we need to differentiate between lack and limitation. The physical world is finite. There are boundaries which must be maintained, or negative consequences occur. Overpopulating a region creates too much drain on resources. Overfarming depletes the soil, creating dust bowls and desert. Overhunting destroys ecosystems. Overfishing kills the seas. Hesed is seen as a benevolent ruler in part because it acknowledges and enforces good practices to keep us in harmony, keep ecosystems rich and thriving, and keep the entire kingdom healthy and bountiful. Hesed, that left-arm energy of ours, having no fear because there is no lack, seeks not to control but to guide and support and revel in the blessings of life. Because there's no lack, it has no desire to seek outside the kingdom for anything, therefore has no urge to create new things, or strive, or work a lifetime to contribute to the gross national product. It has great power, but no desire to wield it against others. No need to seek what it doesn't have, and no interest in forcing others to do its bidding or cave to its will. It emanates its loving kindness through the mantra, bountiful acceptance. Within Hesed are many of the abundance archetypes such as Lakshmi, Demeter, Epona, and even the Empress card of the Tarot. This is not the untamed abundance of the wilderness, but the lushness of fertile fields, of culture rich in arts, the gifts of literature and higher education, and the results of artisans in every discipline. These beings exemplify the gifts of giving, of creating, and of the joy in simply being. Hesed is all about pleasure and reaping the benefits of manifestation. It's where we learn to stop and smell the roses, quite literally. In hesed, giving does not diminish the giver. Like giving a great hug, both the giver and the receiver benefit in equal measure from the act. And everyone is better for it if the hug is given through an act of open-hearted love, not falsely as a need to control or dominate. Here in this sephirah is greatness without aggrandizement or propaganda, majesty without egotism, magnificence which does not diminish others in order to be achieved. Here is bounty without sacrifice, love without loss, and pleasure without effort. Hence, it's one of the energy centers we embodied beings struggle with most. It's the place where we receive the bounty of the world with grace and gratitude if we can, but most of us can't. Hesed is receptive and has no urge to create or act, and yet it's not passive or less than any of the more active-seeming energy centers. Here resides the understanding being present to self is an active practice, which must be tended with mindfulness, not as a tool to achieve in life, but in order to have a life at all. Here's the place where we recognize we cannot carry water in a closed fist, but rather must scoop it in a cupped palm. And here is the place where we learn to breathe in after breathing out. One of the most important lessons of Hesed is abundance is not earned in a mathematical interaction of work then reward, but is all around us if we would open ourselves, soften, and allow, accept, and enjoy. Here's the place where we can experience the truth about ourselves. We are worthy of all good things, of love, simply because we exist. We need not earn the privilege of living. Life is waiting for us at all times. This is one of the main focal points of the Hasidic life, to honor the divine in everything, including the self, by having joy in doing, in being, in living. If we live without pleasure or happiness or delight in each task, in each moment, then we dishonor the divine spark. The peace of God within ourselves, in those around us, and in all things. Most of us live out of balance with ourselves and the world around us. Just as the majority of us are highly dexterous with our right arm, while our left is clumsy, so we tend to favor and rely on the abilities of our minds and will to design and carve the world into the shape we want, building a life and working hard to achieve our goals. We struggle ineptly with the left hand, no offense to lefties who live in balance with themselves and struggle to wait while the rest of the world catches up to them. We struggle to receive the bounty of the world offered to us without cost, and go through awkward gratitude rituals and processes to remind ourselves of what we have already received. This is in part due to the fact our right hand and our left hand, hesed, struggle with each other, like the horses of the chariot card trying to pull in opposite directions. Along with being a benevolent ruler, hesed is also an idealist. Receiving the energy of the right brain and combining it with the physical world inspires some of the best of our goals, aspirations, and role models. Mother Teresa exemplified this by providing for those who had none and striving to give wholehearted free service to the poorest of the poor. George Bush Sr. pointed us to the ideal of a brilliant diversity spread like stars, like a thousand points of light in a broad and peaceful sky. Gandhi, in word and deed, sought to live his ideas and bring them into being through peaceful protest and action. Because this type of idealism resides in the left arm, the concept of gurus resides there too living and espousing wisdom in idealistic terms, they help guide people to open themselves to a balanced life of bounty and inclusiveness and right relationship. If the guru is a benevolent ruler, then they themselves live in service to their people, practicing balance and humility, teaching their students how to rule themselves, doing what is best for all. If a guru is out of balance, then they can become too involved in the world indulging in activities for their own self-gratification at the expense of others, such as Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh and his settlement in Oregon, Rajneeshpuram. Alternately, they might withdraw from the world, ignoring the physical and emotional consequences of their demands and forcing their people to strive for a perfection which is unattainable and detrimental to all around them, such as Jim Jones and Jonestown. Plato wrote at length of the philosopher king as the best type of ruler, the one who doesn't wish to rule, has no interest in power or politics, but feels such empathy for his fellow man and what is right that he accepts his election and rules benevolently. Hesed, being receptive, full of loving kindness and acceptance, is not all chocolate and champagne. To be receptive requires the kingdom to be unfortified. It's open, vulnerable, and undefended, forgiving and welcoming all. Hesed allows each of us to be open, welcoming, loving, and kind to those around us. This requires us to be vulnerable, which in a relationship is a good thing. However, due to disappointment, abuse, Heartbreak, or simply lack of positive response from the external world over a long period of time, people isolate in order to protect themselves. They fortify the kingdom with walls and defenses which keep out destructive influences. Unfortunately, this also keeps out the bounty of the realm as well, making it cut off and stagnant, often perpetuating negative behaviors. Others set up filters. Layers of quests and challenges which must be met for those who wish to access the kingdom to prove themselves worthy. Rarely does anyone ever meet such challenges, although myths, legends, and fairy tales of those who do abound in cultures across the globe. Isolation keeps us safe, but destroys the kingdom in the process, and prevents us from receiving the bounty which is our due. In order to have balance and harmony within the kingdom, the fortifications must come down. Bountiful acceptance can only occur when we are prepared to receive. Hesit's idealism is an easy way to judge how balanced it is between isolation from the world and participation in it. Idealism, or unwavering faith, inspires us to best practices, good works, and the benefit of all. But idealism is, by definition, about the ideal the perfect made as perfect as it can be through the material stuff of our imperfect world. If hesed is not accepting of imperfection, if it rejects what is being offered of the fruits of life because they're not good enough or not exactly the same as the ideal, then it closes off from life and the realm becomes a bitter wasteland. If, on the other hand, the ideals become lax, if there's no rejection of what harms and amelioration of what is not yet in harmony, if all is acceptable in any form, then life becomes a chaotic mess, like a stormy sea where Hesiod is tossed with no sense of a direction. An abundant and fertile kingdom becomes a garbage field of broken bits and junk. Both of these extremes were exemplified in the 60s. Boundaries created by previous generations were thrown aside in an attempt to embrace a loving and bountiful world without understanding the consequences. Actions became disconnected from balance and harmony. Gurus became enamored with power. Therefore, abundant love and loving kindness became overwhelmed by need and lack, fear and abuse. The infinite was implemented without empathy for the finite nature of the world. At the same time, a great deal of good came from this cultural movement towards Hesed and continues today. This type of imbalance is not new or original with the 60s. It's one of the main themes of literature and some of our most enduring myths, including Romeo and Juliet. Idealism in conflict with reality, or teenagers versus the world, however you want to look at it can cause us to reject what is offered and flourish in divisiveness. Hence, Tybalt and Mercutio are unable or unwilling to reconcile, which leads to their tragic acts, which destroy not only them, but their families. This is the backdrop of emotional imbalance, too much passion with no restraint. This is the backdrop of emotional imbalance, too much passion with no restraint, The Shakespeare used to highlight the tragedy of Romeo and Juliet ending their lives while trying desperately to live their ideals. For each of us, and the process of manifestation, being skilled at working with our left hand helps us prepare to receive what we're creating, not in hopes and anticipation it might come to be, but in acceptance because it already exists, and we will participate in its bounty. Allowing ourselves to be aware of how we do or do not use our left hand can bring to light where we are keeping ourselves closed off, how we avoid being vulnerable, and point out where we can gently start shifting ourselves into a more balanced way of doing things. Cultivating a relationship with our left arm and hand can lead towards transformation in all aspects of our life, as hesed helps us open both our hands Accept what we receive, refuse with gratitude what does not serve, and prepare for further bounty. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be working with the physical manifestation process and how putting our right foot forward on our path isn't just a metaphor. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.